Are you getting my point here? When I say God loves a cheerful giver, somebody who gives willingly. Listen, for me, what's most important for Christians, all right, is for us to learn this giving habit. Making giving a habit. We must drop this one of targeted giving. That is, when I need a car, I give out a spare tire. Let's stop it. You need a house, what are you going to give? Help somebody parent. Then God will give you a house. God is not a Buddhist. Yeah, let's get it clear. He doesn't practice the law of karma. He's a father. He thinks. If you say you need a house, he says, okay, Monte, you do. What do you want to do with it? He said, Lord, you know, I have a wife. I have a growing family. I like to be comfortable. He said, good. What kind of house do you like? I like it like this, like this, like that. I say, ah, forget it. If I put in that kind of house, you won't like it. A lot of Nigerians, they go to America and buy a house with Nigerian mentality. Yes, they have money, especially when they stole it. Yeah, it's very common. They steal money in Nigeria. They have a Nigerian mass mentality in which the weather is hot. So, if you have many rooms, your house is cooler. You throw your windows open. You now get up. And then, once you, you know in Nigeria today, once you buy a house, you don't buy them. Property rates every year. If you, give, if you bother to give a no good south their money, maybe 10000 For a whole year. Let's say I collect another 10000 All you pay for that house being there, maybe 20000 a year. Most people don't even pay. <laughs> they don't even pay it. You now go to America to go and buy a house with that kind of mindset. They buy a big house. But they say, hey, to keep this house warm on a monthly basis, $2,000. Ah, ah. In Lagos, we are keeping it cool. <laughs> ah, no, wait till, Then by the time it's hot weather, they want to keep it cool. Ah, to keep it cool, $2,000 on a monthly basis. Why? The house is big. I know Americans behave funny. They don't come, they're not like Swama. They'll come and drop demand notice at your door. They expect you to know and go and pay. The first time you see them, you've committed already. My friend said, so Nigerians be funny. That sometimes a thief in Nigeria, maybe a politician has stolen money, come to America, buy a big house. Now, big houses, they have a number of problems. One, property tax is heavy. Two, they are difficult to rent because there are few people who behave like we do around there. Because the person renting it knows that, you know, once I know you man sees people in that environment, they see a house, they've calculated utility bills. Warming this house or cooling this house. And you get to those countries, you don't see window units, ACs. You don't see much. Usually central ACs. That's how the houses are built. So it's, for most of them, it's difficult to shut down the house to cool only one area. So the man looks at the house. Me, my wife, two children, this house. Thank you, we're not renting. So you find those big houses that people buy, they are often empty. They can't be rented. But the community does not care that nobody is living there. You pay your tax. So usually when they come demanding the tax, the money is out of government. Poverty, just good as a, yeah, oh, bad big house. Anyway, that's not our message. Just to educate you a bit. Back to Okemote and the prayer he prayed to the Lord. So sometimes you ask the Lord, say, this kind of house, I need this kind of house. And the Lord says, my, bo- my boy, don't worry about it. You don't need it. 
Are you competing with um, with um, Chris? And no, but last time I went to his house, I liked the size. <laughs> so okay, Muti, that's your problem. <laughs> it's Chris's house that's worrying you. You don't need something that big. Forget Chris. You're not running the same race. All right? How many children do you have? You tell him. You say, okay, Chris has 17. I mean, why are you, why are you competing? <laughs> say, Lord, he has 17? Yes. His wife alone delivered 12. He inherited 5. You know, adopted everything. So you see, that's why I give him such a massive house. Then he gives you what fits you. That's not the one you drew on the wall. That's not the one you sowed the seed for. That's the one your father in heaven gave to you. Because he knows what you need. Our God is not principle. He's a person. Many times we are teaching faith. We talk as if God is a principle. He's not a principle. He's a person. Approach him like that. Talk things over with him. Wake up early one morning. When everybody's still asleep. 4 a.m. 3 a.m. Say, Lord, I need to talk to you. There's a story my wife, somebody told my wife, which I've told here before. Very dramatic. Tells you how to talk. You know, why I like that story is that it shows us how to live with God the Father. This woman paid somebody to clear a plot of land she had. And the man did not do the work. He collected the whole money and he didn't do it. I like the way she handled it. It shows you how to talk with God the Father. The man didn't do the work. Then... She harassed him, talked to him, called him, asked people to talk to him, demand, you know, excuse, one after the other. Then one night, 12 midnight, she woke up and carried a big chair and put it down. And said, Father, please, I want to talk to you. Can you sit down here? And she stood in front of the chair. I assume that man's name is Mr. Adelabu. I don't know who it is. It's Nenugu here, so it's not Adelabu. You see, this is Mr. Adelabu here. Imaginary standing there. Judge avenged me of my adversary. I gave him money to do this and this and that, and he has refused to do it. He said, Father, please help me deliver. And she just pointed to the man and see the man was there. And she was talking to this chair that she placed down and said, Father, please, I want to talk to you. Please sit here. And she stood in front of it. And when she finished, I told that man, Please get out. <laughs> there was nobody there. That was her prayer that night. Then the morning she passed by that property, to her shock, it was cleared. Ah, I prayed this prayer at 12 midnight. By 7, 8, she was passing there. The property was clean. The land was clean. Then she looked and saw the man about to finish the work. He was still working. I said, what are you doing? The man said, please stop. Don't come near me. <laughs> the man was literally afraid. What happened? God sent angels to that man that night. And they woke him up and did him the threat of Balaam. You know the one that... <laughs> so she, he woke up and came to the place around 5 a.m. And had been walking for hours. By the time she got there around 8, 7, 8. He had been walking for hours. And when she, when he saw divine manifestation, of course, the only thing African man known as what? Witch. When I heard that story, I said, this is what we are talking about. She did not deal with a principle. She dealt with a person. I remember one of my brothers then, he gave me a testimony years ago. 
when I listen to, when I preach anatomy of prayer, by that time we already had our website functional. And he knew about it, so he used to go to the website to listen to messages. He lives in Canada. And he said, one day he called me and said, that your message, anatomy of prayer, so powerful. He said to get a Canadian visa at that time was very difficult. And he had wanted his mother to come and visit. He had done everything. You know, I can imagine. I'm adding my own words now. He done succeed, declare, do everything. They listened to anatomy of prayer in which I said, just talk to God sincerely from the bottom of your heart. He said that day he sat on the staircase in his house, rested his head on the wall and said, Lord, please give my mother a visa. I want her to come and visit. That's how simple the prayer was. Told the mother, please apply for a visa again. She did. And they gave it to her easily without effort. That was when he called me and said, ha. And what did I say in that thing? I was just talking about talk to God like a father from the bottom of your heart. He's not a principle. He's a person. You approach him simply. These are my issues. This is what I would like done. I've told us before, the most important thing about this, our prayer we are praying all the time, is to cleanse our hearts of all defilement. Because when we come to God and say, Lord, I need a new car. I need a new car. He's looking at you. This boy doesn't need a new car. He's just like he can't sleep because everybody around him bought new ones. So he's feeling inferior. He's feeling oppressed. He's feeling small. Christmas is coming. He can't imagine that he go to that same village again. And he knows that that his childhood friend, a cousin of his actually, always changes his cars Christmas time. So he starts saying, God, I need a new car. And God said, no. You need to cleanse your heart of all defilement so that a man's life will not be your brother anymore. Because until you walk to that village, driving with Nekekenapep, and you gladly arrive at 12, no, no, not midnight. <laughs> and you rejoice that you reach home safely. And you call everybody to celebrate with you. Until you do that, I am not lifting you up from that level. Why? Because the inward advancement, the formation of Christ inside you, are you getting my point? The inward lessons are more important, like I always say, than the outward blessings. God says, so I order my blessings like that. I start from inside before I bring forth the one outside. That's all. That's why James said it, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you don't get because you ask wrongly. What is it? You are competing. So I've been trying to emphasize to us, when it comes to working for God in the area of giving, the motives we have in our heart they count. So we must have the right motives. I've been trying to debunk from our hearts the concept of this exchange. Give to God so he can give back. I'm sure that has been tackled. So how do we give to God therefore? Let's just take a scripture. Philippians chapter 4. Remember, upon these two hang the law and the prophets. What are those two things? Love for God and love for the brethren. In Hebrews chapter 6, we read, God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love you have shown to his name in that you minister to the saints and you still do minister. It's the love that they were showing that was the motivation. 
Philippians chapter 4. If you read How to Work for God, if you read Grace to Prosper, these are books I wrote, and also, um, so who we pay for this. I explained there are different people you give to, and it's that you are giving to God. Let me just explain something again. We are debunking things. Giving is a work of God, amen? Amen. Giving is a work of God. And God loves a cheerful giver. I need to emphasize something to us again. God is not only in church. God is not only in a man of God, even though he is there. A church is a gathering of the, of the believer. That's a gathering of believers, not a church building. So, God is there. God is not only in ministry of the word. He's there. Very important. God is not only in the minister of the word. He's there. Very important. God is also in many other places. Why am I saying this? I'm going to balance for us what we Christians often have in our minds. People think that what they bring to church and dance and put in the offering basket is the one that they are giving to God. You can't give money to God. It's not possible. What you can give to him is a heart. Are you getting my point? That's what you give to God. So every time your heart of faith, your heart of faithfulness, your heart of gratitude, your heart of being a believer provokes you to do something that results in giving, that is giving to God. Let me give an example. If I give to a poor person because he's hungry, that's giving to God. If I give to somebody in need, because I know he critically needs that thing, that's giving to God. If the gospel is being preached, and I'm a true believer, and I'm going to talk about that one of these days. See, giving is a sign of faith. Go and listen to the series we taught here earlier on this year, Total Faith. If you listen to that message, that series, you realize a lot of Christians don't have faith. They don't have faith. They will be there, shouting. Don't vote for a Muslim. What we need in this, Christ, in this country is Christians... <laughs> Ruling. They say, okay, it's true. The gospel has to, has to advance. It sounds like good talk, right? And that's okay. How much money are you giving to the advancement of the gospel? Story starts. The mo- let's listen to me. The money in itself is not the issue. That's what I'm talking about now. But you see, if you are not giving for the advancement of that gospel, all that noise you have been making is a lie. You know one thing, let me just, let me digress a bit, all right? <laughs> you know, because I'm a teacher of the word, every time illustrations come to me, I pack them in my mind. So, so once in a while, once in a while, I have an opportunity, I used to illustrate something. <laughs> you know, there's something that God does. Eh? He realized that as a human beings, we are full of self-deception. Doesn't mean we are bad, though. That's just the way we are. I do it, you do it. Two of us, we agree to do it. Deceive ourselves. That's what I mean. Human beings, they deceive themselves a lot. So when God wants to show you how you are, he shows you something in somebody else. Then when you react, he'll not show you in you. For example, God said, how do I prove to David he's a wicked soul? If you tell David you are wicked, he said, no, I got my exigencies. The throne of Israel was at risk. If that Uriah man found out what happened, I'm not doing it for myself. I'm just thinking about the kingdom. It's the kingdom. <laughs> so, because no, no, don't tell him he did anything bad. Though. Go and tell him somebody else did something. 
So they took a small thing and said, can you believe what's going on in this kingdom? Nathan said. David said, what's going on? There was this man. There was this man. He's not rich. He has just one goat. And he loved this goat like a child of his. Then there's this neighbor that had many goats, many sheep, cow, donkey, deserve, buffalo, bison, everything, antelope. Then this man had a neighbor that showed up, a friend that showed up one night. Instead of killing all his animals, he didn't kill it. Kill any one of them. He took this only goat this man had. David said, yeah. In Israel, Nathan said, yes, so. In Israel, while I am alive, Nathan said, my Lord, that's why I see him. Oh, God, I'm going to kill somebody today. Get the man for me. <laughs> Nathan said, the man is here. Oh, you came with him? No, I met him here. <laughs> Where is he? My Lord, the king, it is you. What? Thus says the Lord. Ah, David went down. Were you not small in your own eyes? When I did this one to you, and I did this one, and I gave you the house of your master Saul, and I gave you the house of your master Saul, and I did this one, and if you had been too small, I would have given you more. And you know, how come when your loss, which is really a, a traveling man, came upon you, David had a harem that he, he was able to take ten and leave behind when Absalom came. He had taken all his wives and the other concubines. When your, when your traveler, your loss came, I'm not saying it is wrong for you to have noticed. Then you go inside, take one of your goats and kill. That's what God wanted. Then you did that and killed the man. God said, David said, I'm dead. I condemned myself. (laughs) The point is that he did not know he was like that until they painted him in another light. Why did I say all of these things? Many times we think we have faith. God says you don't have faith. I trust your word, Father God. I'm believing in your word. God says you don't have faith. Why are you lying to me? The word in the name of Jesus. I confess the word. God says this word is convenient. That's why you're confessing it to you believe in the word? Okay, no problem. Tomorrow we'll test you now. You now hear your friend is going to do crusade in one village that they need the light of the gospel. And then you are about to take your children out, serious outing on the weekend. You don't budget 25,000. Because today, spoil the family. They are not taking offering to go and preach word in a village that's in darkness. God says, you say you believe the word. I'm waiting. Make your choice. Ah, bro, I can't help you now. Maybe next time. Look at this. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. He believes in the word. Which word does he believe in? You rather buy ice cream than preach the word. He said, no, if you believe the word, it will show in how you relate with it. You know the truth? Many times, you know because I run not a conventional ministry, what I mean is that, I'm not the pastor of a church here. We meet on Saturday evenings and all of that. I get to interact with a lot of people. I say, ah, we don't see you again in Bible studies. Ah, you know, Saturdays, I wash my clothes. Anytime I hear that, I never, I, I never argue with you. It's okay, you wash on Saturdays. And, oh, may the Lord bless your washing. <laughs> I'm sorry to say this. In my mind, I say, you are very foolish. It shows simply you don't believe what I'm preaching. That's all. There's no, that, there's no third option. But you, I've heard 
kinds of things. Ah, that's Saturday. In fact, this morning, oh, I, I normally wash, I clean up on Saturdays. I said, okay, okay, okay. That for me, it's okay, okay, okay. You are very stupid. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, it's okay. Because even if you wanted to say something, not that. Like they say in my place, which is a no-go state. Come chop, no become work. If you value the food, you will come. Are you getting my point here? Go and listen to our series, Total Faith. It's in that total faith I explained that. That's why a lot of our faith are compromised. Because we'll be bragging, we have faith, we have faith. God said, wait, 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 it's easy to be saying that uh, the people in, the, in Israel, they are wicked people. I will show you that you are the one too. That's what he did to David. Because all oh, this one, I have faith, I have faith. One of the ways I demonstrate you don't have this is that I just show your attitude towards the word with your money. You see people say that, ah. In fact, one of the things I used to make my wife angry with people, you know, our materials are generally inexpensive and all of that. We price them low and all of that. Then when I say, ah, dash me now. In fact, the day one sister told my wife, ah, won't you dash me? My wife said, how much have you ever given to the ministry? She was so angry. It's not because of the money. It is that I sell you a bottle of perfume. You pay 12000 you don't bat an eyelid. You buy cosmetics. Oh, let's not talk about your hair. You know women and hair. Thank God for natural hair is raining now. Somebody say amen. For maintaining natural hair, you wish that they would use Brazilian hair. This natural hair. <laughs> My wife brought coconut oil the other day. It'd be like eye drop, 3,000 naira. <laughs> no be eye drop actually, but... <laughs> Say, what is good for the hair? I say, eh. What is good for this hair is clipper. <laughs> ah, guys, you know the way we do our own now. <laughs> now, these same people who spend all this money, they now see a book, 500 naira. Ah, ah, this one is costing. I want to dash me. Now, that kind of make my wife provoke. That day she gave it to one day. I say, what's your problem? Even if I wanted to dash it, should you take it? You know, those of us who are in ministry, one day one man came to me in the park, said, look, I'm a pastor, I write my own books, nobody's helping me, so I'm, he's going from park to park selling his own books. Whether the book was good or not, I didn't care. But you know, it's, my, it's a pastor, you know, and I was coming from ministry. So I said, how much is the book? He told me, 400 naira. So I gave him 500 naira. He was looking for change. I said, no, 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 please, let me, I gladly pay you the 500 I think the book should be in my office here. So that I, I had compassion. You know, when you're in something, are you getting my point? You, you, you feel for people. <laughs> Why am I saying all of these things? Sometimes that is where the problem with not being a giver reflects our lack of faith. That's why I so thoroughly dislike this idea of this basket here today. Whatever you put inside it, the Lord will give it back to you a hundredfold. The people don't have any faith. They are wicked people. You want God to bless wickedness. They are not weak. They are not nice people. Because those who truly love the Lord, those who truly love the gospel, they don't need the God will give you a hundred back before they give to it. No. Just show to them that this is the word of God we are want to preach. This is the work of God we are doing. Their heart is motivated. Let me give you the, okay, last Saturday, those of you around last Tuesday, you heard my testimony. 
We came, I was not around last Saturday. We came to the priest. I was in Port Harcourt. Me, Israel, Yinka, and my wife. Four of us went to do ministry in Port Harcourt. This is the interesting part of it. Apart, in fact, net, we didn't spend a cobble. Before the program, all we spent was transportation money to put fuel inside our big vehicle to carry four of us and our equipment. And then we paid to Magic FM to run the adverts for one week. Because they cover, I mean, it's just 15 minutes from uh, Rivers there, you know. So they covered that place very well. We didn't spend a couple beyond that one. And when we're leaving, they gathered and said, thank you, sir. I want to thank you very much. Can you make it every, can, we want to do this every quarter. Will you be able to come, please? I said, oh, the date, 3rd and 4th of February fixed. 5th and 6th of March fixed already. Next two quarters of next year. All expenses paid by them. We just drive in, we preach, and we drive out. The, the man who championed it, he said, it was forwarding me messages that people sent to him, thanking him for making this happen. He was saying, sir, he showed me something. He said, sir, we need to push this word. We need to push this word. We have to be more aggressive in getting this word out there. These are the statements coming from his mouth. I did not raise an offering for the. He, you, so, some of you saw him the day he came here that day. He said, sir, when are you coming to Port Harcourt? I said, ah, I'm not sure. Oh, no, be small boy. We were mates in the University of Benin, but just we didn't know each other. We were both in first year the same year. Not a small boy. So this sir, sir, sir you are hearing is honor for God, not me. When are you coming? I said, I don't know. I said, well, I will plan one of these, one of these days. He called me the following week. We have found a hall. Choose a date. Are you getting my point? Yes, so listen, we're talking about respecting the word of God. Not trying to manipulate God as if he's a principle. God is not a principle, he's a person. He's not a principle, he's a person. You treat him like that. I gave that illustration that I used, and the fact that we talk about total faith, to so let us know that our faith is also reflected in the way we handle money. Many of us pray, 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 pray for Nigeria. But you know, I said, stop praying for Nigeria. He's not listening to you. God is not listening. Many people. Why? They pray for Nigeria, then they pour their future in America. What kind of rubbish prayer is he praying? They put their future in America. God said, number one, you don't trust in me. You trust in the United States. The effectual, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man avails much. This, your own prayer, is not heartfelt. Because as far as you are concerned, salvation is in America. You are not loading into the country heavy spiritual weight. That is why I told you, even though the opportunity was given me free of charge when Akinlu was going to be born. I said, my wife, not, not me, my wife was not asserting herself. I beg, I go bomb my picking for Nigeria here, leave me alone. You know, there are things that don't cross my mind as it's an opportunity. I remember when Oluchi, one face of Africa. I know when the world wants to deceive you, they have a way of doing it. Oluchi, one face of Africa. And I said if it was my younger sister, she's not going anywhere. She was 17. They were taking her to Paris to be a model. And people say it's breakthrough. 
I'm sorry to say, I don't know whether your own food digests in your nose. Because I don't get it. How you call that breakthrough? What is in Paris? Poverty mentality is a horrible thing. And then I was watching DSTV. DSTV people say, you see, that they are changing lives. They are changing lives. How? That the girl was selling bread. Look at how they have changed her life now. It's an international person. Only she won $150,000, most people think. But she didn't win $150,000. She won $150,000 worth of contracts to model in Paris. At the rate of $50,000 a year for three years, she was a young slave. They said she was selling bread. Two problems there. One, she was not selling bread as a profession. She was selling bread in the evening. She was a student in a secondary school during the day. Two, so it was she if she was selling bread. Fola Diola used to sell oranges in Yaba. In case you don't know who Fola Diola is, that was a pioneer MD of Guaranteed Trust Bank. Then became the chairman. I don't know the position she, he occupies today. That was a running mate for, was it Buhari? Who was it? It was a running mate, the last presidential election. But okay, we knew Ribado. Let me tell you how Faladiola, of course we know him, but let me tell you how wealthy he was. One of my friends wanted to sell a house once. He said, Anadiola priced it. And what was the price he wanted to sell? Not today. That was like five years ago, six years ago we're talking about this. He said the man offered them 500 million naira for the house. I said, what does he want to do with it? He said, yes. He said, Banky, he wants to live in it. What's the problem? You know, you know when you're in Enugu and you're living in a rented house, <laughs> you, you reason differently, you know? He said, he wants to live in it. I, I said, they live in such houses? You know, I was terrified. Now, that's not the, the gist is that this is a younger brother. Fola Adeola used to sell oranges in Yaba. So why somebody come and lie to me that they did Oluchi a favor by giving her a contract for three years on the runways in Paris? That time I looked at them, I said, this is rubbish talk. So if my sister go to school, finish learning, and don't come and let anybody deceive me. That they are doing you a favor. They are hiring you for cheap. They did, a, they did a competition covering the whole of Africa. The best of the lot is being hired for $50,000 a year. What's the big deal? That's cheap. A competition spanning the whole of black Africa. You got the best. And you are paying her to work for $50,000 a year. And I should be impressed. Around nonsense. But who I think it's breakthrough. I said she's selling bread. So what? Never see a person they sell better bread. <laughs> That's a show somewhere in the Bible. Let's read Philippians chapter 4 and continue our journey. I'm saying all of this to let us understand that listen. That's why faith is weak many times. 
People really, their hearts are not really in the things they are saying. They are not really, that is, they are not really believing. They are not really believing. They are not believing. And that's why they don't, I mean, they don't understand that the way you handle your money is a reflection also of your faith. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's just read this one. Paul said in verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your consent for me. Indeed you were consent before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, but I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In many and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. He said, I can do all things, that is, all these things I've said, and other things, of course, through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me my affliction. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. He said, I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent. Now notice this, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I just read read this as an introduction to explaining how we give and it's an acceptable sacrifice to God. Not every giving is acceptable. Giving to purge your conscience is not acceptable. Giving because you don't want to depart from iniquity is not acceptable. Many political thieves are generous givers to church. It's because they don't want to stop stealing. Many criminals give to church. Those gifts are not acceptable. Are you getting my point? There are so many of them. We don't want to get, I start talking about them. Oh, let me just say this. Even when you have repented, truly repented, you're no longer a sinner. Jesus has washed you. If you are still giving because of the days of iniquity, you have started sinning. That every offering you bring is a sin. Do you hear what I said? You have repented, though. God has forgiven you. You are now giving now. Because, ah, you know, I know what we used to give do that time. You are still giving with those things in your mind. Every offering is a sin that you give. God says, when I forgive you, please don't share the glory of forgiveness with me. I wash you with my, the blood of Jesus. Leave it there. If you want to give offerings because you have and you feel good towards people. So these are unacceptable sacrifices. I don't know what to say. What are the acceptable ones? First, let me just put a few points down. It's free will. It's acceptable according to what you have. It's as you have proposed in your heart. Are you getting my point? As based upon what you have come to understand. There's no compulsion on it. No percentage is compulsory. 
When Abraham tithed, it was a free will offering. It was free will. So let's bear that in mind. These are the offerings that are acceptable. Here, Paul was showing something. And I want to use that as, as, as the first one. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a list and I will add up here. Where are the places we give to and we say we are giving to God? That's what I want to just bring out here. How to give, which proportion to give, we'll talk about later. Let me just drop this proportion thing for us and we'll see. It's interesting. I learned this one from EG Links. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Who gave more in Nigeria of today? Think of Nigeria of today. A man that has 50,000 naira and give out 10,000. He has two children, they go to school, he earns 50,000 a month, and he gives out 10,000. And the man that has 1 million, and give out 500,000. Now, proportionally, the man that gave 50, had 50,000 and gave out 10,000, what was the proportion he gave out? 20%. The man that had a million and gave out one uh, five, had, and gave out 500,000, how much did he give out? 50%, okay. Another man has 200 million and he gave out um, 180 million. What, what, what proportion is that? 90%. Who gave more? Now, let's, let's not answer it so that I don't, you will see the answer. Before, I used to think proportion is what mattered. E.G. Link said no. That generosity is dependent upon what you have left, whether you can live on it. So the man that gave 90% had remnant 20 million. In Nigeria of today, 20 million works wonders. Even though he has given 90%, E.G. Link said he has not given as much as the person who had 50,000 and gave 10,000. Because living on 40,000, or when you have two children that are going to school, is hard. He proved it from scripture. He said, Jesus said, this woman gave all she had to live on. He says, what you have to live on that determines the degree of generosity. I say, it's a new one. I'd never heard that one before until this year. I had gone beyond the issue of total. 5,000, 10,000, 50. No. To proportion. So I knew about proportion. But Jilin said, no. So when you see a billionaire in dollars, drop a hundred million dollars or 500 million dollars may look huge. Proportion may even be big. But even the unbeliever there, Tetana said, there is nothing a man wants in life that $200 million won't give to him. And he was a billionaire when he said it. And he had just given out $1 billion to United Nations. So E.G. Link said, it's not proportion. It's when you finish giving, what you remain? That a man who has a large house, he has plenty of money, he has everything, he drops out $1 billion there. He has not, nothing, nothing to pre, that he's not yet discomforted. His AC is still working. His cars are still brand new. <laughs> he's still flying first class. That's why in Christianity, laws are so difficult. One of our brothers, he lives in a company where he laughs when they say that your tithe is not complete. He laughs. He said, I end well. I thank God. He said, my friends who live outside here earn the same amount of money. It will not be right for those two of us to be calculating tight the same way. Why? He said, I don't pay house rent. I don't pay NEPA bills. I don't pay school fees. I don't pay hospital bills. He doesn't even pay for DSTV. He said, where do you want to start calculating from? 
Is that my friend living in another part of town, and the same amount of money, pays all of these things? Listen, <laughs> in Christianity, God said, son, give me your heart. Just give me your heart. I will handle money. We will work it out when we have changed your heart. That is, that's how, how to give to God is a crucial thing we have to discuss. I just want to talk about where to give to, first of all. So you know you are giving to God. But most important thing about money is this. Apportion money appropriately. God has not given everybody the same amount of responsibilities. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. No, just, just have faith in God's word in its totality. And then apportion resources according to the needs that God gives you. No, makes clear to you. Apportion people's monies equally. Are you getting my point? That's one major thing you need wisdom for. To set your money down and say, this one belongs to here, it belongs to here. And don't let people just come and be disturbing you with all kinds of fantastic projects. I was in the church once, they said they are raising, this is not today, 20 years ago. They were raising 100 million naira to build a church. It didn't concern me, I gave them 500 naira. Now, pledge you, not cash you. are laughing. I paid the pledge, don't worry. That was what I had. I got it to preach powerfully. In my mind, if you are building the church for 100 million naira, apparently it not be me God sent to build that for you. Me and God will know each other very well, don't worry. Take an envelope, fill in your pledge. I filled in my pledge. How much? 500 naira, put that inside. Later on, when salary came in at the end of the month, I collected their 500 naira, put them inside, came and dropped it. The pledge towards your 100 million naira building project. This is acceptable according to what a man has. This is what I have. And then the passion in your heart left to me. You could have built a church for, at that time, 9 million, and everybody would have been happy. I can't judge. Your hundred million is your problem, not my own. I can't criticize you. I don't have the right. But what can I, what I can just say is that this is my contribution. Period. Each person, that's how life is. So this is your portion of it. Take, 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 take. I relax. I'll, I'll read the scripture later, not today. Our time is gone. So there's seed for the sower and bread for food. One of the major things a Christian must learn is not to be chopping, chopping, chopping with two hands. Apple and Samsung, they've turned you to Mugu. You know what I mean? When they bring iPhone uh, uh, Note 7, the first exploding one, now your face will explode. Because you are amongst the first to buy it. Meanwhile, you bought Note 5. You know where there was no Note 6. And as you are buying Note 7, you are waiting for iPhone 7 to appear. When I say give offering towards the advancement of the gospel, you say, you know I don't have. Why? How will you have? You are using phone as if you are Don Caprio. You know Don Caprio? There's one guy who I read his blog. He writes on, you know, technology, tech, tech things. You are using phone like Don Caprio. He does that because he has to write. One of my friends the other day said that, um, my son is with my Note 4. I said, wait, how old is your son? He says 15. He's kind of Note 4. 
Why? He said, because I bought a Note 5. And if Note 7 was not exploding, he would have bought. I'm not saying it's evil. If you have the money, fine. But you are an evil person. If you're always changing phone like that, you're offering at the end of the year. Your total offering for advancement of the gospel for that year is not up to two million naira. Then you're a wicked spirit. Yes. You have blown money on phone recklessly. You buy Note 5, Note 7, it explodes on you. You change it to iPhone 7. At the end of the year, how much offering are you giving? We total everything. We are, we are not seeing three million naira. And you are using phone like that. You are a thief in the realm of the spirit. Yes. I've, just, I've done simple mental calculation. Some things are not priority in life. It's more important to give than to spend. Anybody buying Brazilian hair of 100,000, if your monthly offering is less than 200,000, you are going to hellfire. Okay, not literally like that. You're not going. You won't go to hellfire yet, but you are close. You are walking on the edge like this. And they tip you over, you are falling. How can you spend 100,000 naira on hair? And you are not giving double that as a regular offering. That's what I mean. You are a sinner. Father God, whoever is like that, may thief yank it off as she's walking on the road. Otherwise, there's repentance. You can redeem your hair. It's not. It's very simple. Go and give offering to make up. Don't bring to me. I didn't bring. I didn't. Not. Don't bring it here. Sell all you have on your head and give to the poor. <laughs> the Lord is good. Like, like I said, there are places you give to, and it's given to God. Because of time, I won't list them now. I need to list them. And they say how. There's a way you share your proportions. And you say you are giving to God. We'll talk about it. Let's just leave it here today. But because I put you in suspense, let me just give you the five lists. One, giving to the word, advancement of the word of God is given to God. Two, giving to the ministers of the gospel who bless you God's word or you see them doing that work is given to God. Giving to people that you say you should honor. No matter how rich your parents are, they must eat your food. They must wear your clothes. If you carry your phone, you are the one that paid for it. That's... Offerings of honor is not offering of lack. No, the person is hungry. No. When you're honoring people, what they have is irrelevant. Therefore, you give to the poor, the needy. And one of them is widows of your household. We'll talk about that. What are the widows of your household? Younger brothers who are still going to school, your father can't pay. It's your responsibility. They shouldn't be going to church and say, one brother has, he needs money here. And you are using an expensive phone. Buy a cheaper car. Just for three, four years. They will soon graduate. They will soon graduate. And then last of all, many people don't know this. I've listed five because we, I talk about poor and widows of your household. Those are two different ones. Last of all, you must give to yourself. You can't be walking around. You've solved every other person's problem. It looks like you, use, you, buy, you bought their problem. It's not good. The color of your shirt, it don't, it don't need tear. Well, you are the heaviest giver in your church. And you think because the world is not your home. Shame on you. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for today. Your word is good. 
is liberating. It sets us free. Bow your head and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of your heart for setting you free. Say, Lord, thank you. Say, Lord, thank you for liberty. Say, Lord, thank you because Jesus has paid for everything. I'm not trying to pay. Just being faithful. I just want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, to bear fruit in every good work. Lord, I thank you. Jesus has paid for everything. Thank you. It's free. Thank you. I am your child. Jesus paid for everything. I'm serving you because you own me. Not because I want to get something from you, but because you own me totally. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I worship you. You are good. Lord, you are good. We give you thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord is good. If you are blessed today, turn to somebody and tell the person, I was blessed today. I trust you were blessed too. Prophesy to the person, goodness will go with you. Mercy will not depart from you. Say, God will cause all grace to abound towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. And abound to every good work. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for today. You have been so good to us. Lord, I prophesy upon your people that goodness will go with them in Jesus' name. Mercy will go with them in the name of Jesus Christ. This coming week, Lord, a new door will open for somebody here today. New revelation will come to somebody today in the name of Jesus Christ. This coming week will mark the beginning of a new thing in somebody's life. Somebody will get engaged this week coming. Of course, people are getting married before the end of this year. And now this is an interesting one. The, the testimony will be that somebody who is not yet engaged now will be married before the end of February next year. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Alright, goodness is going with you in Jesus' name. Amen. No evil shall befall you Amen. and no plague will come near your dwelling place. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season of fruitfulness and multiplication. Bless somebody on your left and on your right, please. This is your season. This is your season. Another person, this is your season of fruitfulness.